0: And welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly. My name is Ureys Spolter. I'm here with Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Rabbi Johnny Solomon is an educator and a writer and a teacher in Midrashot and seminaries in Israel and lectures around the world, most recently in England. Welcome back, Johnny. It's great to Thank have you. Thank right, you very much. And we're with Molly Borofsky. Molly Borofsky is a uh, registered licensed social worker and she's also a teacher at, uh, M- at MMY, Midrash Reverser Yusha Line. Um, and I am the director of, of uh, OTS, Amiel Bakila. Today we're going to discuss an article that was recently published in an almost un- unknown journal that's published locally in Baltimore about the topic of Yo Atzo Talacha, which was written by Rav Aaron Feldman, who is the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivat near Yisrael in Baltimore. And Rav Feldman wrote an article uh, extremely critical of the notion of yoetzot halacha. It was not about any specific yoetzet per se, but it was about a criticism of the notion of yoetzot Halakha. So I think it's fair to say, I don't know if it's fair to say, but uh, we'll, I, we, I don't think we should assume that, that our listeners know what a yoetzot halacha is. So this should be educational as well. Um, and and at the at the outset, it's important for me to say, full disclosure, my wife is currently studying in Nishmat's Yo Etzer Halakha program to become a Yo Etzer Halakha. So I am, of course, biased. But as you, as all our listeners will discover, all of us are biased. What is a Yo Etzer Halakha? A Yo Etzer Halakha is a, a woman who has studied in an intensive two-year program the laws of nida, the laws of ritual impurity vis-a-vis hachot nida, and she becomes a resource in her community and for basically anyone else around the world to be able to uh, uh, consult, seek advice, and halachic positions um, from a woman who she feels far more comfortable engaging in in these very, very sensitive areas. Yovatzol Halacha have have really uh, attained, attained a foothold definitely in the modern Orthodox world in America, also in Israel, we can discuss how much uh, in the Israeli world. I don't really know. I'm not really sure, but it, it definitely reflects what I would consider a sea change in the area of Hilchot, of of, of uh, observance of and adherence to Hilchot Lida in many communities. And Rob Feldman wrote an article criticizing the criticizing the, the, the idea of this idea of Yom And I'm going to turn it over to Molly and ask Mali, Molly, can you do me a favor, please, and uh, do all of us a favor? And and share with us uh, your understanding of Feldman's criticisms of of um, of Halacha, and then we'll just uh, as we, as people who are listening to us know we, we're all going to disagree. But then we're going to discuss the broader issues. So mali please go ahead. Okay, Johnny, is there something you wanted to
1: mention? Well, actually, I, I, uh, I just want to the challenge
2: up? the way Ruby described what Yotzot Halacha is because I I think it was a little too close to the way Feldman described it because. He began by describing a woman who's trained, who studied in order to make decisions. There's a huge gap, which is a woman who's loyally observed these mitzvot for many years and also has then deepened her understanding of these laws with significant study. To omit the fact that women who are Yotzot halacha observe the laws that they're talking about and guiding people about, which is basically what Ralph Feldman does, uh, and I know not by no means deliberately Ruby just did, I think, is a a fundamental error. When I—that's interesting. I didn't. I actually took it for granted that
0: a woman who's observing, meaning like when you say a rab is giving halachic advice, the assumption is the rabbi is also observant of said halachot. I just took it for granted. I didn't think. I don't have the perception that Rav Feldman felt at all that these women aren't themselves observant of the halachot. That's interesting that you read it that way. All
1: right. Okay, you know what? Let me just um start talking a little bit about the article and then maybe I'll address a little bit part of this question. Because first of all, before I um say this, I just want to explain like I'm not a Yahzerharacha, um, but uh some of my best friends are Yahtsu Halacha. But I say that you know in a kind of fictitious way, but it happens to be true. My cousin Noah Jesselson, shout out to Noah, is one of the best Yowatsu out there. They're all excellent, and again, I have very a, a lot of very a lot of my very good friends are Yoatzot. I also spoke to um, Rabinita Tara Ice, who runs before this podcast, um, who, who actually is in charge of the American program now um, uh, for the Yoatzot. And again, I start naming my friends who are Yoatzot. The list is going to go on and on. But like, I'm I'm very familiar with individual Yoatzot. And as well, um, I, 20 years ago, actually, at MMY, a Yoatzot HaVachat, and I, I think I can name her, it was Aliza Siegel, uh, was teaching at MMY, and she decided, partially because she's a Yoatzot, that it was important that the Shunabet students have a, a cursory class, not cursory class, the opposite, a class in um, the halachot of uh, Hilchot Nida, because her feeling was that when people just take Kala courses, um, because of issues of time or distraction or, or, or all kinds of other things, they get a very bottom line um, approach, and she thought it was important for them to have it more in depth. So she started a Shunabet class that was looking at the sources of Hilchot Nida, And when Aliza um, moved on to other things, I took over that class from her. So I've been teaching that class. I am not, again, and I teach it not as a yoet set. And I always tell my students, I do not have the training of a yoet set. I teach it more from like what I'd call your average college teacher background. I also teach it differently because of my social work background. I split it between halacha and um, healthy relationships Uh, But again, this lengthy introduction is just to explain where I'm coming from. Every year for the past, it's got to be 15 years now, I've had Noah come in and speak about the Oetsot. So I've heard her um, kind of like description of the Oetsot and who they are, what they stand for. And I've heard the the girls' students' questions and I've heard her answers. So I'm speaking from that knowledge base of what the Oetsot, how, you know, like who they are, what they represent, how they, how they address these types of issues and the truth is that there have been other UX who have taught in MMY, Shishana Goldberg has taught in MMY, Kani Meyer is now teaching an MMY, Adi Bitter is now teaching in MMY. Um, and I've heard I've had conversations with all of them. So I feel like even though I'm not a UX set, I, I have sort of an insight into their world perspective. So that all being said, just to get to the article. Um, so basically, the article has two central um, reasons that it objects to the UXO. Um, the first is what it calls, I'm holding the article in my hands right now, everybody will, maybe we'll post a link if people want to see it. it, it says an unstated agenda, and the assumption being that the Yowat have an unstated agenda to, to um, um, forward feminism, forward feminist issues. Um, so all I can say about this is that it, there's, it, it's just completely untrue and baseless. Um, in terms of the arguments that he brings, it reminds me of C.S. Lewis talks about, like, um, you know, you can make an argument that there are invisible cats, and then somebody says, no, there aren't, and they point to an empty chair and say, yeah, there's an invisible cat right there, right? So, like, here, too, I feel like Rabbi Feldman, with all due respect, is pointing to invisible cats. Um, there must be an agenda, because this, it's like a kind of a circular thing. Because I consider this a feminist thing, th- they must be feminists. The the proofs that he brings are weak, Um, for example, he actually misquotes, <laughs> I think I can say it, he, he doesn't accurately quote Tara Ice in the article, he quotes her coming from a feminist perspective, and if anybody wants, again, if people are interested, we can um, we can post this, so I don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of this, but he mis kind of doesn't quote her 100% accurately, and we can send people to her article, and again, this is all around about say, a way of saying that the Yatsot are meaning Rabbi Henkin, who started this program, her whole... They could not be more l'shem um, shamayim about what they're doing, and there's absolutely no. Again, it annoys me that I have to say this. Like, like why, like why do we have to defend ourselves against this feminist agenda stuff? When, like, like there's no feminist agenda here, and like I, I feel like I, I, I hate. You know, every time we did this when we talked about the uh, women's with the safer Torah, like. We just put this to bed and just say that, like, not you know, you don't have to assume that every time a woman does something um, that's perhaps different than what's happened in the past, that her secret reason that there's a feminist agenda. But it's particularly um, disturbing when it comes to the Yotzot because it's so clear that that's not who they are. And when you hear the Yotzot speak, Rabbi Nini Henkin is so careful, and this comes back to Ruby to, to to Johnny's point. She the Yotzot program is so. Um, careful about, about who they choose to enter their program, what their messages are in terms of, of their program, and the women who are Yoetzot are, are in general, I would say the um, what's the word I'm looking for, the, the like um, not a stereotype but your typical Yoetzet is usually a person who is um, extremely committed to Halacha, extremely committed to the Halachic system, um, ext- meticulous in her Halachic observance, um and really just wants to help call that's you strong. That's your typical profile, that's what I was looking for of your typical yo. Um, the program is learning based. Uh, it, 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 um, the amount of time and effort that these women put into this is so um, um, intensive that like anybody who's doing this who would be doing this just because they had a agenda of some sort or another, it, 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 it would be they would be deterred by the amount of sheer um, time and 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 commitment that's put into this but again I, I want to emphasize if you know Benid Hankin you know that she's so like who she is it, she's so pure in her in what she's doing and it's 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 all um, based on her 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 real beliefs that what she's doing is an asset to the Jewish community and that she's not aligning herself with groups who are um, who, Whose purported, purported um, agenda is, is are specifically to be feminist, which doesn't mean there's anything wrong with those groups. Th- those groups are entitled to be who they are, but that's not who Ebony Henkin is. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
0: Molly, I want—I actually want to stop you because I actually feel that, in a way, your defensiveness or like sometimes even defending a program it sort of legitimates the criticism, you know what right. I'm saying? What you said is 100% true, but by, by saying it's not true, it almost Correct. legitimizes that it is Correct. true. Correct. I agree with you, you know? which
1: is why it's like, I don't even want to have, feel, I feel frustrated, and even I agree with you, like, I'm playing into it by having to say this. It's just that, like, the Yoat So? Like, you're going to the So? They're dafka so, the opposite of this, that it's almost ludicrous
0: to... So it's really interesting, because he does say that at the beginning of the article, and then in his summary... He says that orthodox, it's not the yo'atzot themselves that are feminists, but that other people, right, have used right. yo'atzot in order to, you know, in order to, in order to advance their agenda. But I want to leave that aside, and I want to turn to the, his second point. Right. His second point, which I want to ask Rav Johnny. his second point is says, listen, women are not, you know, there's a big difference between learning, let's assume that they learn halacha for two years. That's wonderful, they learn hechot nida, but, like, how can you, like, it's totally different than becoming a rab and having smicha. And 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 uh, and learning, you know, uh, uh, having a broad base and a broader um, halachic and learning background. And how can a woman issue psak when all she has are those two years? Uh, Molly, I just, your hand raised. Yeah, I see sorry, you want to, I do. to I just, that.
1: I, I, Because I, I'd like to hear what Johnny has to say from a theoretical perspective about psak halacha. But I do want to kind of give the Oitzoltz perspective on this question because again, I've heard I've heard what they have to say so often. But, but the way, first of all. Um, the, the the degree to which they actually learn the their field of hilchot nida is is at least as rigorous, if not more rigorous, than your average smicha student who's learning um, who comes out with the with the um, title of rabbi. That's the first. So,
0: so I can speak to this knowledge. because I I can speak to this because I was a smicha student and now I'm watching my, my wife learn it. She's definitely yes. learning it far more intensively than Correct. we ever learned the halacha, which is an right. interesting question. It's an interesting question of of. Um, Uh, Well, so so let me go on.
1: So that's point A. Point B is, um, in terms of the technical question of, like, are they giving psaac, are they not giving psaac, which you can ask from a, like, you know, halakhic perspective of, like, are they equipped to give psaac? And you could ask from a hashkafic perspective of, like, women giving psaac. The way the Yoach so um, explain what they do and, and how they do it is... If if my friend calls me up and says to me, my milk spoon fell into my fleshic chicken soup, what do I do? If I know that information, that's not giving psaq, right? That's me sharing mitziah's information that I'm aware of, right? So the majority of the questions that the Yoat get, that's not paskening. They're sharing knowledge that they have about, that's not psaq. Psaq, wait, Ruby's shaking his head. Psak is is more complex. Oops, I just pressed something once again. I want to turn to Johnny, because we have, we, we, we've been, we have please, been totally dominating I know, the I've been talking about I know, just let me finish this. Please, please, please. I'm sorry. trying to turn to Johnny, not me. I know, I know, I promise. <laughs> let me just finish this point, okay? sock when they need sock okay, which is when you need Chiku hadaat, when maybe you need to weigh one opinion over another, officially, what they have to do, and this is what they do, they lock every question they get on the hotline, is they ask their posek, who i believe is right they do not issue psak when there's a question of psak. they ask a rav now um it might be that when they've gotten the same question five times and they've asked whoever it is right again my cousin noah i know is it's a lot when she gets not hotline questions but personal questions with the rav of our community when she's heard the same answer from the rav that she talks to in our community Sixteen times, I think she could say in his name, well, what Rob X says is that you can do X, Y, and Z. But they're very clear that they are not Hoskining. So I will now move it over to Johnny.
0: Okay, Johnny, I want you to address first of all the the, the question, the first question, which is Rob Feldman's criticism about the idea of about the idea of, of whether you feel that the a person, not a woman, let's say a person, let's let's leave women out of this. A man studies Hilchot, you know, oh, he never learned, he didn't go to Semicha, but he studies Hilchot, I don't know, Kashrut, intensively, and now he wants to be the Yoetz Halakha of a community vis-a-vis in the name of issues of Kashrut. Is that a legitimate, um, is that a legitimate way of training for, for to be a rabbinic advisor? Well, leave it aside, and then I want to discuss, I'm going to ask you again the issue that Mali brought up, because I don't think it's so obvious.
2: Okay, so I, <laughs> with respect, I, I do want to slightly feed off what Mali said, and also just address a few other extraneous matters which obviously pertain to the conversation. Um, uh, And I just want to, uh, let's start off with the following. There is some level of diversity in attitudes towards Yotzot halacha, even amongst their supporters. What's harai? What's the proof? I wrote a very detailed, lengthy, in English, uh, review of the book uh, Nishmat Bayit. And there, there are five haskamot of different rabbanim. And each have a slightly different tone about both how they support the project, but also sometimes saying, one second, we need to know what Yotzot are and what Yotzot are not. I just want to quickly quote uh, Rav arya Stern, who says, Yotzot themselves acknowledge the boundaries of their role and know what they can answer for themselves and what they need to ask the Rabbanim or render halachic ruling for questions that require a decision. And that not only does he say, but I know is essential to the general training, as Manny mentioned. Uh, and consequently, Raf Feldman's claim that all Yotzotalacha are pasni here, there, and everywhere, and he views them to be uh, unqualified to do so, is both a misreading of what Yotzotalacha do and uh, a misunderstanding about the program. So I feel that we have to put that on the table. I will say a second thing, which actually has principally nothing to do with Yotzotalacha. My wife used to uh, manage a mikveh in London, um, and for many years was, was involved and asked many shilas on behalf of women who came. But there was a simple clause, which is my wife doesn't do Friday night mikveh. Why so? Because on Friday night you can't call her out. So the Robertson, the local Rebertson, who was much more experienced, she was there. Because ultimately, when you're in a room alone with a lady who's going to mikveh, you are sometimes pushed. To make decisions as to what is appropriate, what is not. Meaning, women, pasken, in certain areas, especially in situations where no other recall is available, and certainly in areas of Tarat and Mishpacha. So, whether, you know, even pre Yotzot Halacha, Friday night mikveh ladies are poscot to a certain level based on many, many years of experience. So, both I want to say Yotzot Halacha, acknowledge. Uh, what Rav Stern says, nevertheless, even women who are not halakha, yotzot halacha, at times make decisions in areas that they're heavily involved with, and this is normative Judaism across the board in every area in every community. End of conversation. Now, having given that introduction, sorry, you wanted me to say what's the difference between the training of a yeah. guy who learns basketball? End of conversation.
0: End of conversation doesn't mean no. Question no. Be discussed.
2: So you, you want to know about <laughs> training? Uh, and about uh, how qualified somebody is if they study and then they make decisions, which I bas- basically said in in many instances the yotzot halacha aren't paskening. I entirely agree with Mali's definition. There's a, far, a very very different, big difference between recalling and, and conveying a din and, and paskening, which is a much more creative act, uh, which is often with limited, if not no, precedent whatsoever. I of, undoubtedly most. Guys who learn uh, Nida, who train to be Rabbanim, don't spend anything close to the amount of time that uh, women participating in your Yotzot program are doing. But as mentioned in my first comment on this recording, even if they spent a little bit more, they haven't got the years, decades of experience of literally living this life of, of a Halakha understanding. That's aside from, of course, many informal conversations and many conversations that women have had with Rabbanim over many, many years. So I'd say you'd seriously struggle to find a, 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 a Posek who can be on par, who, who has perhaps not got many, many years of experience with most Yotzot halacha. I have to say, Myrav Daim Gershon Lopian of, uh, of London, he was Nifty, his Yotzite's coming up, he was renowned as an expert in Nida. And that, by the way, because he was such an expert, we had decades of experience. That's why I never even went into that field, because I realized how many, many years and years and years of not just learning, but shimush you need to even uh, make a comment in this area. So most men don't have enough shimush, uh, and, and they have a, a limited understanding, both of the practical field as well as, of course, um, the amount of time dedicated to the limit. Here we have women who have a full understanding of the practical aspects of them. Of the mitzvah and the and relative mitzvot and the medical complications that come as a result of that, which is what yotzot halacha also bring to the table, and they learn be'ayin and they have very very clear coherent guidelines with respect to what is appropriate reach of of decision making and where it's important necessary uh, to seek guidance from others, whomever they be. So uh, you know it seems relatively clear kind yeah. of where we're at.
0: Okay, I want to I want to respond to a couple of things that Johnny said. Uh, first of all, I, I actually in the, in, the uh, Tzot, in the way that you formulated what yoatzot in the way that you formulated what yoatzot do, uh, I, I have a real problem with it. In that um, in that um, the way you described you know how could a man who hasn't experienced tilchot nida and lived it as part of his life, I have a real problem with that. Just for the fact that. I don't know. For literally centuries and centuries, rabbanim have been the hukod nida, even though the fact that at the it. end right now I and, just mentioned it, my role and was give, a, and, and, my uh, role and was that, a world expert, and that by definition, therefore, any rub is not a worldwide expert and hasn't, you know, had a menstrual cycle, can't it. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Did wait, wait, say wait, that, but that nevertheless, ask, what okay. I
2: did say is, I said, "Take." You didn't. I, I implied that if you take a twenty-eight-year-old guy who's just Mm -hmm. opened Chokhanoch a couple of years ago, has learned Hil Nidah for nine months, you know, in Kirlil as part of a wider area of study, right? That amount of time compared to the Yorot Zet Halakha, who has many more years of study, as well as many more years of experience and many more years of conversations, it's pretty glaringly obvious as to who has a better, both knowledge of of book-based knowledge and life-based knowledge. Um, nevertheless, I still said at well, the, th- the end. I book-based, said the end. I have book-based knowledge,
0: I definitely disagree with you. book makes knowledge, I definitely disagree with you because while the yo are knowledgeable, they have many of them have not been learning for that many years. I'm not talking about any specifically. They're wonderful women. But they don't have, definitely don't have the learning, the, the deep learning experience of learning for years in high school and years in yeshiva they don't i mean it's, it's okay the reality i, I of have the situation. so much wait, to wait, say i then. have to finish i have to finish i, <laughs> I, I, I listen i'm not actually.
1: gonna remember okay go ahead uh,
0: you remember write it down like, um, like i am okay. i am <laughs> um okay so i i really johnny i really have to push back i think by your argument that nobody should ever no rob should ever give any i didn't say because, that what know, are you i just you, said,
2: you, i ended <laughs> saying I, my rob was a world expert that we went to Millions of times. No, I
0: mean, unless you're a worldwide, yeah. world-renowned yeah. expert uh, in anything. Oh my
2: gosh, like, really, I have
1: so much to answer
0: you. Wait, but, one second. <laughs> N- number two, number two, the, uh, responding to your responding to your point about, I do we'd have what to discuss, responding <laughs> to your point about uh, about uh, SOC, I think like, you know, I, I think in terms of, of polar opposites, so the first kind of question a person could call and call and ask the rabbi is, Rabbi, what time is candlelighting on, you know, like what time is candle lighting? Okay, that's a really interesting question. Uh, I think anybody would agree that that's not a Psach question. Okay, the second kind of question is, Rabbi, they've developed a new kind of hormonal, you know, uh, 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 hormonal contraceptive. Is it considered prohibited or not? That's like a Godl Hador kind of question. Okay, so these are the two poles that I think about. and And one, we acknowledge, everyone can acknowledge that, you know, that, that uh, uh, you don't need a in, you don't need a Yo-Yo headset, you can call your neighbor and ask them what kind of candle lighting is or something of that very similar nature. You know, you know on the other hand, the, uh, the other side, every rob worth his salt should know that he shouldn't answer the second question that he has to send it up the line and ask questions. And, you know, we all need post But I think the, the we're obviously talking about a very, very vast middle ground between, which is the question of the application of Halakha. And Johnny, I obviously it's true, you're right. On a Friday night in the mikvah, and the women and women are asking a question, you know, like I forgot to do X, Y, Z. Should I dunk, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. That that is a difficult question. But between you and me, that that question of whether to ask a question is it itself a psak? Sure. You know, and I think that that there is a. It, it's very fine, and it's not obvious whether we're talking about the application of halacha, Boy. application of known halachot. Or psak halakha. I don't think that those are those are obvious questions, and it takes a sensitivity to know when am mm-hmm. I pasquining and when am I applying a, a well-known knowledge. And I'm not saying I'm I am not saying that Yartzel shouldn't do that. I think Yartzel should do that. I think we all agree about that. But the issue of what is considered psak and what is not, I think, is is definitely open to discussion and open to debate. And I, I'll just quote. you know, I, I I was speaking to you know, I said, I don't know I mean, She didn't give me permission to mention her name, but she. Um, there, there are rabbinim in the, in the, I would quote unquote, you know, modern Orthodox world, the right wing modern Orthodox world, that, that, um, that don't, uh, that are not in favor of, of yotzot, but actually gipsak sakti yotzot. And she, she mentioned to me, she said every, I would call this certain rabbi, and and he would always give me the same answer. And he said, I, you know, he said I'm, I'm, I'm happy to answer your questions, but you, you I want you to call me every single time, and because he felt, I think this is what he felt, he felt that. That the decision of whether what answer to give is psak and should be consulted to the rab every single time, and then that's the appropriate uh, the appropriate role of the yoetzet to be the go between with the rab. Molly's waving. Molly. Okay. You wrote okay. down. You wrote down. So go ahead.
1: There it is. Okay. So just to go back to your last point, which is yes, the yoetzot are aware of the trickiness of what you're describing. Where where's the line be- between between um, you know giving over knowledge that they already know, and PSOC, which is why, again, as I said, on the hotline, they log, they log every single question that comes in, and their answer, and when they called the RAV, so that it can be reviewed, right, and to make sure that they're, that they're, that this, that the DOH are handling this exact issue appropriately, and they actually have a POSAIC, again, I think it's Rav Haftig, I think Rabbi Henkin is involved, I don't know to what degree, right? But, I don't know, okay, but so the Rav Haftig, he is their postdoc and they ask these questions specifically. In, beyond that, there's pikuach on the Yowatzot. I think that they, that like the Oatzot, um, even the ones that are working in their communities, they meet regularly. I don't know if they should say regularly. I know that they have um, ongoing meetings and discussions um, they, they're, you know, again, there's a centralized, there are people who are higher up in the system and lower in the system and things go through so that they're, these kind they're, they're, they're actually being, they're monitoring themselves, self-monitoring to make sure that they're, that they're, that they are addressing exactly the issue that you're talking about. So that, that's just on that point. Um, now just to go back to this whole question of like, um, you know, what is the advantage, and I'll broaden it to say, what are the advantages of women answering Hilchot Nida questions, right? Because Johnny started alluding to one of the advantages, which actually is an advantage, Ruby, because, um, and okay, let me preface, preface this by saying, I do agree that like, there should be, an, a, there, there should not be a um, ritia, a, 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 a like, um, disinclination to ask Hilchot Nida questions to men, Right. The same way, like, well, I don't want to use the analogy, but like, obviously, right, we, we believe that like halacha is halacha and you you, you, sh- you should be asking males questions about halacha if they're if they, if they are and, and rabbis questions about halacha, including in these types of areas. There's no question about that. And the Yo'atzot agree with that. At the same time, the Yo'atzot are also aware, and this is something that, again, I've heard from, from the Yo'atzot, um, that when they opened up their hotline, one of the things that the men, were, that the rabbis were concerned about is, oh, no, now they're going to be asking the U.S.O., they're not going to be asking the rabbis. What did they find? The, the, the men, the rabbis, registered no lowering of the amounts of questions that they got. They were getting the same amount of questions. But the women that the U.S.O. were still getting thousands of questions, which means that there were questions that were simply not being asked. So, yes, we should educate our, our women to talk to rabbis and that it's completely fine and appropriate, but we should also be aware that it is easier for women to talk to women. And there, there are a few factors that play into this. And it's not completely insane what Johnny is saying, which is that when a woman talks to a woman, a woman about um, menstruation, right, they understand each other and their bodies and what they're talking about in a way that might be different from when a woman talks to a man which doesn't mean that a man can't paskin for a woman but maybe that's is an added value and, and 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 let's like leave that even as an open question between Ruby and Johnny but with an, with an additional added value which is, which
0: is- <laughs> I, I agree with Molly everything you said I agree with everything you said I I felt that the formulation the way Johnny formulated it I felt okay. that 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 was problematic right. to me. Okay. I, I did. See. And I want to give Johnny the, the opportunity to defend himself and to, to completely disagree with
1: me. Okay. Fine. Fine. But the, but the other thing that I'll say that that that's the added value of when a woman talks to a woman, and this is another thing that the OATSOT um, is a tremendous benefit they do to the communities, is that often when when, when a woman has to ask her Shila to a man, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world. She'll do it because she has to. But it'll be quick. It'll be in Yani. It'll be a minimal, right? She'll, she'll say what she needs to say. Um, she'll say what she needs to say to get the answer, and they will move on. And it'll be a very technical halacha question, and that will be the end of it. When a woman is talking to a woman, what ends up happening is a conversation and a discussion. And the Yoatzot report that because when a woman talks to a woman, she's more comfortable to um, broaden the dialogue, quite often the Yoatzot are able to help these women in many other ways. Um, and, 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 Ruby, as you well know, the U.S.O.T. U.S. are also trained in many, I mean, in, not in-depth training, but a certain, a, certainly enough training to be able to, to know how to responsibly address issues such as um, fertility, miscarriage, um, sexual function and dysfunction, um, uh, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what else, abuse right? There are so many, they get lectures by people who are experts in these fields. They know that they're not experts in these fields, but they know how to, um, to pick up on things, open up conversations with women and really give them a lot of help beyond what happens when you have a typical formal haracha question with a rav. And that actually is a benefit. And, and I, I've heard stories where, because the, 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 woman was schmoozing with her yo etset, um, facts came out about, let's say, how the woman has been keeping Hilchot Nidah, the OX had figured out that the woman has been keeping Hilchot Nidah wrong for her entire life, just because she kind of, like, schmoozingly said, oh, yeah, you know, because I counted, you know, like, I went, I I, I got my my Hefzik, Tara on, on Tuesday, um, and then, you know, I went to the mikvah um, the following Wednesday, and, you know, because I started counting, you know, and, and the woman realizes that, like, Oh, you, you've been counting wrong, and you've always been, you've always been keeping an extra day. Like, I don't want to go into the details of the story; because it's not my story. But the point is, because the conversation opens, right? The yotzot are able to help; it, it, they're able to, to to get more information and help on a on a on a very 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 deep level. And that's another tremendous advantage of women talking to women. Um, so I just wanted to add that piece as well.
0: Johnny, do you want to defend <laughs> yourself before we move on? Firstly.
1: <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry, one more point. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So <laughs> just, na- just about the narrowness issue, which is like I think that in the beginning when the Yotso program began, there was concern even among the Rabbanim, you know, among many Rabbanim, is the fact that they're just going to be narrowly knowledgeable in this area um going to, you know, is that going to have a detrimental effect? Um, and I think that many of those Rabbanim um have have, dis- have 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 concluded that that's not the case. They've seen the Yotso it's, um Affecting the communities, and they've actually been turned around on that issue because they they see that practically the you know, so are quite um, successful. Sorry. Okay. Apparently, Johnny. I need
2: to defend myself for something I didn't think I needed to defend myself. <laughs> According to an interpretation that was not quite in line with what actually I said, which of course I agree with whatever Mali said. I mean, we have here. Listen, we it's important to kind of frame this conversation a little bit more broadly. We have here an objection to a trend. Uh, the first is to question the agendas of uh, some involved and some of the supporters. Truth be told, some of the supporters may well have different agendas. I don't think that's untrue. I don't think that's necessarily relevant at all to the conversation. The second exactly. point is mm-hmm. to claim that all poskot, as all, all yotzot alacha poskot, and therefore they're unqualified to paskin. I think that's neither a fair rendering of what the system is about nor necessarily. Um, reflective of some of the kind of situations that arise as mentioned, you know, in Mikvaot, even prior to what I said, I hope I was clear, uh, I don't necessarily think it it, it needs defending all, all, all I'd say is, I've seen an, an expert my rabbi, who I, who I desperately miss who who poured hours days to pascan and Shiles in these areas and so therefore, do I think a man can pass in Hilchas Nida? I don't just see it. I saw it. I saw it many, many times. Uh, and and anything I've learned is is from this Rebimovak. Nevertheless, what I can tell you is, I haven't seen many people like him since. And I can tell you that pains me just on a personal level. And it worries me sometimes on a broader level. There was an article in the most recent Tradition Journal as, uh, discussing why some women are using chat groups to discuss hilchot This is nothing to do with yotzot halacha. And, and I wrote an article uh, in, in response to this. And I said, I think part of it is a number of women who do go to men to seek guidance, sometimes are highly underwhelmed um, and, and feel that, it's not even whether they necessarily understand the physiological issues being brought to their table, but they feel that there's been a development, and, and this was in response to the uh, 25 years since rupture and reconstruction. There's been development in psika amongst, amongst uh, the wider world, specifically, and including certainly men, whereby has decided more by books and sometimes less for people. And that certainly can have an impact on the kind of answers being given. So, if you want to ask me, can a man Pascal nida? Of course, I, I said that, I'm, I'll say it again. If you want to ask me, though, if I would choose me, uh, who studied to a meaningful level, right, to a woman who studied it to a greater level, who has more shimush, who's had far more conversations, who understands a physiological dimension I simply cannot understand, who is responsible, who is loyal, and who has a system to turn to people who have immense shimush, who are answering these shiners morning, noon, and night, uh, it, it it seems to be, a, 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 to be, to be truthful, a ridiculous comparison. Um, and therefore, your tzot halacha fill a gap. There are some people who will continue to turn to their poskim, and good to them, and will my Rebbe to be alive? I too would do that, because I know him, and I know that he understands a wider field, etc. But as mentioned, they're so rare. And when he was Nifta, a lot of women no longer are Shilas. Why? Because they know nobody else is quite like them, and they've some, of course, have now since turned to your tatalacha. So uh, if I needed to defend myself, I hope I have. Uh, but nevertheless, this is it's to do with not necessarily can a person read books and answer questions. That's how Rafelman framed it, and that's even how we felt fra- framed it. And I think that's itself a mistake. That's not what smicha is. Smicha includes a study of, of material, but includes shimush, shimush, shimush. And absent of that, nobody is qualified. No man is qualified to pass in any area, nor any woman to make any meaningful comment, let alone areas of, of, of psika. And Shimush, as I wrote in my article, is unfortunately being underplayed in the training of religious leaders, and everybody um, suffers as a result of that.
0: Okay, I would definitely I definitely agree with that sentiment. I, I think the issue I take with is that in the system itself to argue that, a, I, I understand why you're saying it, obviously, that a woman is more qualified to talk to a woman about issues of, of, of physiology. I understand that, but then it does call into question, like, should we even training rabbis in Chodidah anymore? Meaning, with that, we have these uh, principle of Yohat so maybe they would just be better. Moreover, obviously, you, uh, Johnny, your posting is a great goggle but he started somewhere, too. And, and every rabbi should have the opportunity, has to feel the initial questions, and 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 try to have conversations and and issue stock in a way that's of course I was I, as you know, know I was you're you you, 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 introduced they call the
1: rabbi right your average modern Orthodox you know shul rabbi when he gets a mitzvah question that he doesn't know the answer to what does he do he says I'll get it calls a posse yeah. calls a posse which is exactly what you keep saying like that's exactly okay wait okay. a second first
0: just, of all so let me let me respond first of all I think that the yotzoh know, need to do a better job of articulating the things you say Molly about logging and the discussions they have are wonderful. Truthfully, every post should be doing that. All button should be doing that. I had this issue of, I don't know, of of, uh, you know, of some sock issue in my community and they should be discussing these and there should be discussion groups and, and I, I never saw that happening and I think it's, it's, such, it's, it's a model that should be followed. That's definitely a model that should be followed. But I want to I go back to something that you mentioned about the discussions that these women are having. And of course, I, I don't want people to misconstrue and misunderstand me. I am in favor of this. This is a positive thing. This is a wonderful thing but it speaks to my mind to something else. And I think that rabbis are, we should be concerned about this because when you take the, the what used to happen very often is the woman would give her, like, the women who asked questions would give the question to her husband and then the husband would go to the rabbi, and then they would discuss it. And, and so essentially what's happening very often now is like, if the Yohetz al is now having this discussion with his wife, then, then the rabbi is being pulled out of the picture. And not only is he being pulled out of the picture, he now doesn't have the opportunity to have the exact conversation with the husband about these issues, which is a critically important aspect of the of the of the role of, of something that the husband otherwise would have had and now doesn't have. He's now lacking. And then the and I can just say this, I think Rafael made actually in his article, he missed the most important point, which I don't think negates the importance of your but in a large manner, when you remove the 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 rabbi from the discussion, from the, the go between, the interplay with his membership, with his member, then he becomes very much removed from the most important aspects of the, of the of the of the of this family's life that they would have shared with him otherwise. It changes some degree the dynamic being a rab and his and his balabatim. His husband no longer asks him these questions if they have, like you said, childbirth. Family relationships—the issues that are so important to a, to a Balabite if he's having problems with, he's now not going to his rabbi. His wife's going to her yoetzet, and and I think by no means should that negate the, the, the importance of yoetzet, but it does have a it has a it has an effect, and it ha, it it causes a disconnect between the rabbi and his and his Baal Abayit, which I think can be detrimental in other areas, and we should be aware of it. I'm not saying that's an argument, I'm saying it's something to be aware of. One second, you're at me, so question. go ahead.
2: second. Hey, I'm somewhat speechless. You're presuming, firstly, I'm well aware. There are two models when you have a male postek addressing errors of Tatumishbachar. One is the wife speaks to that person directly, and sometimes a wife may well ask a significant other, let's say a husband, right, to, to speak to him. Now, if the wife speaks to a postek, which happened all the time in, in our family. I, I was certainly not the uh, uh, go-between. My wife would pick up the phone and speak to to the ROV, right? That's how it worked. And a, and a ROV basically needs to make it that that isn't intimidating, right? That that is possible, notwithstanding perhaps unease. 100%. You're saying though, where there obviously. is unease or where the wife would rather. So that the wife asks the husband and the husband asks the posek, which often, by the way, the broken telephone means that critical information is dropped by the wayside, which is one of the reasons why there is Yotzot Talachah. You're saying, in that slightly, at the very least, we could all acknowledge, imperfect model, by not having that, then it can undermine the relationship between the posek and the family, because the posek is unaware that this woman had a shayla about Tehaz Mishpacha three and a half weeks ago. I'm not thinking
0: thinking only in terms, don't think about it in terms of Possek. Think about it in terms of the larger role. Of the the larger I'm role he's still answering
2: questions to the Shabbos, right? Still there in, in, in other life cycle. We're talking about one specific area. People didn't basically I don't I I disagree with that entirely. If a couple's
0: having trouble having children, that's the most Correct. Important thing to them. And they would want their rabbi to know about it. But 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 without the halachic framework of having that discussion, you can't open it up. You can't, there's no there's no opportunity. Mari.
1: Okay, all right. So first of all, yes, there should be um, a rabbi should have a relation. A family should have a relationship with a rabbi. We have the concept of asel charav. It's important and it should exist. That is not um, debatable, right? I, I mean, maybe it's debatable, but <laughs> I agree with you think... about that. Um, <laughs> I'm not debating that, thank you. Um, but I will again refer you to the data which demonstrates. That the rabbis are by the way, I also will concede that th- that this is one of the concerns, as you said, of, of many rabbis. They're like, we don't we, we don't want the chain of of you know what's happening within our communities to be um, disturbed by, by the yodso. But again, that's not what's happening. The rabbis are not getting fewer questions. It's just that the yoatsoot are getting more questions, which means that all the Yoet are doing are is broadening conversations. And I would also add that if a Yoetzet is part of um, a communal okay. structure, right? Then the Yoetzet and the rabbi are working in tandem, right? Like like again, either in America you have it formally and these shuls where you'll say you'll have a yoetset as part of the community, or even in our communities, which are less formal, but again, the rub of our community and the yoetset are on the phone with each other all the time. And so it's not an either-or. It's it's a it's broadening of 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 a, of the system, and I think that that's a tremendous advantage. It's it's it, 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 I agree with you. You and you have to frame it that way, and you have to present it that way. And the rabbis and the yachad need to work together to 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 kind of present it that way to the community. But again, it's more of a win win, right? It, it, it's it's not a zero sum game. It's a it's a added benefit kind of solution. And I I, I happen to agree with Johnny, by the way. Um, and this is really only from anecdotal evidence, but but um, uh, when again, and this is from a story a yoetzet told me, and this is a yoetzet who, like, at, at some point she had a shaylad. She had her husband ask the rabbi, and she's like kind of listening uh, into hearing the conversation between her husband and the rabbi, and she realized that her husband didn't understand what she had said to her to. to to him and was kind of misconstruing the case. And I'm not saying Chas that that's what usually happens. Chas I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm saying that Johnny is not completely wrong that there's an advantage to person-to-person communication. And, you know, um, through person A, whether that's, you know, my husband is going to speak to the Rav or my re- my, my wife is going to speak to the Rebbitzian and then the Rebbitzian is going to ask the Rav. Sometimes broken telephone happens and and direct conversations not only have the benefit I spoke about before, which is that they hey, get. You,
0: you're just making an sure. argument. You could say the exact same thing. My wife's going to speak to the oetz, and the oetz is going yeah, to answer the. Yeah, but right. I'm
1: saying the oetz that usually can answer the majority of the cases the oetz get, they can really answer the questions that they. The most of the questions that they get are usually very basic and serious questions. Okay, they're not past Right, right. They're not possible. Okay, I'm just playing devil's advocate, I understand. And then yeah. you have the places <laughs> where it gets deeper, and they answer, they help them in with broader life issues. And then you have the cases where the yoetz, where the yoetzet, um, you know, consults with the rav. The same way, uh, if it's a complicated question, the, ra- the the shul rabbi might also consult with the rav, and then gets back to her. Right. I feel like that's the spectrum of how of the types of questions that the you are fielding.
0: Okay, I want to also, re- I want to respond to something you also said, which I think is an important, and it's, it's something to be raised, which is when you said, like, the, yes, Rabbi Haftig is a posik and he's the postek for Nishmat. I think also, Rabbi, like, it, it, we live in a world, and Johnny referred to this, where the idea of local psaq and the of, the of the Mara atra, however you want to say it, if there is a Mara Atra is, is very much going away. And and it, the, the idea of the Yoad having, like, a central posik in Israel for like all of their issues, raises a really interesting question because because it does remove the idea of having a local p'sak, having a marid Atra. Meaning, if in the model that you said, yes, yes, that the said the, the, is brought in by the rab and she talks to her local rab and she and you know she raises issues with him, then I agree. But there is this notion that like Rav Varhaftig is pasquining not only for for Gush Etzion. No, no, for, no, no you know, I, I'm
1: not. It, I'm not sure it's so quite like that because. That's, I think that's for the hotline, right? And the hotline is... There are, two, there are two things that Yotso do, right? They answer anonymous questions from women who call them, right? Um, there, they go to a bar, bar with their Shiloh, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the model of the communal Yoetse, right? Where quite often she's talking to people that she knows, they know her, and quite often in that model, my impression is, and again, I'm not a Yoetse, so I'm, this is my impression... Um, she's in communication with the with the rabbi of the community, right? Meaning, in, in that model, she right. It's where it's the, where, where again, not where it's an anonymous hotline, but where we're like somebody will call. It happens to me all the time. People call me with Shilas. I don't know why, because again, I don't know why they think I can answer them, and I, I always give them the number of like I say, well, "You want to call my friend X? Um, she's awesome," and and then they and then they end up in a relationship with a set. And that person, right, becomes the person that they bring their questions to. And again, th- that happens in communities. And then the r- hopefully, as I said before, the rub of the community can be brought okay. into that loop.
0: Wait, let, let me ask you, does your headset have the, when your headset, does is your, I, w- I want to say it this way. Does your ETSET feel um, obligated to go to the local rub? Or do you have to say, well, I know the local rub, I'm asking, I know, I know well, the local rub says this. In Nishma, like on the Nishma website, we pass in, why? So I, you know you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: it, it raises a really interesting uh, I, question. I, I, yeah, ask it, yeah. what's I, that I'm, question. I'm not a Yetzad obviously. However, I, just a few weeks ago, I listened to a podcast on the, the Jewish Living podcast where Bracha rotna spoke about her experiences as a Halacha, And she made mes- mention of this. And in fact, the way I can only, based on what I heard there, uh, her role in within a community as a Halakha is to have that relationship with rabbanim of the neighborhood and to turn to them uh, to address areas of psika, which are beyond her area of, of comfort or expertise, as mentioned. And that's what she does. And that's, as we mentioned, critical in terms of both the uh, the relationship of the Yeretad Halakha to the community and making sure that the psakim, as you say, emerge from a certain milieu, if we think that is something relevant, it's, that's itself for a different conversation as to whether, you know, somebody in what place A necessarily is better qualified or less qualified to pass in for people in place B. But nevertheless, what Bracha said in that uh, recording, and I welcome, I'll happily share the link, is that that's how the model works. And in fact, it's a really important way to make sure there's cohesion and a sense of collaboration within the community when you have a community who's adopted and working with local yachts Okay, I want to mention too at uh, uh, the
0: exact opposite, like sort of opposite point, which is interesting in that perhaps the so stem from the fact that people now have, and I think families have a, a greater personal relationship with their rabbi. Meaning, in way back when, in the shtetl or what have you, when the rab was the rab of the community and you, you never saw him other, you really never saw him. He was learning or what have you, and he was he was the postic for the community. Then. It, it was less of an issue to, uh, you know, leave your nidah shayalus and he would paskin because you didn't have to or want to have a relationship with him. On the other hand, I think the role of the rabbi has very much changed, to, especially in the United States and it's coming more to Israel, this idea of this communal rabbi who you have a very close relationship with. You eat dinner at his house and he comes over and you're going to see him in shul and you're going to shmooze with the kiddush. And I can imagine, I mean, I was never, I was thinking about this as a man. Nobody ever asked me, you know, like, Go submit your fecal samples to the rabbi to uh, analyze halachically, and then, you know, go schmooze with him into Kiddush and uh, talk about how your kids are. And and I I, I was thinking to myself, like, how would I feel if the rabbi was was privy to my most personal physical information? And then I had to have a relationship with him. So one could argue, I think, the exact opposite, that the yo'atzot, the phenomenon of the yo'atzot, is reflective of the fact that people want to have a closer personal relationship with their rabbi. I Meaning, you go to your gynecologist. You don't really want to go and you know go to your gynecologist and then hang out with him and see him in, in you know interpersonal things because there's a there's there's a discomfort there. And I think it could very much be argued that the oetzed is a is a phenomenon, a positive phenomenon, because that says and I, I, that says I want to have a relationship with my rabbi, but if I have a relationship of X, then I'm not going to be comfortable asking him Y Z. And therefore, I'm, I need someone else to go and be someone I'm more comfortable talking with about that, so I don't have the barrier, I don't have that, that problem, that discomfort talking to my rabbi about so many other things. I, I was thinking about that, and I think that might be, it might be a phenomenon of the development of the communal rabbi, and I think it's something for communal rabbis to think about. Okay, I want to turn, before we finish, because we're going long, it's a really important topic, I want to ask Johnny and Molly, why do you think Rabbi Feldman is writing this article? Meaning, it's one thing to say, like we're we are all religious Zionists, modern Orthodox, very much in favor. Rabbi Feldman does not live in the modern Orthodox world, so why in the world is is he writing an appending art, an article, totally critical of, totally critical of the uh, the idea of so That's question number one. And question number two I want to ask of Molly is, like you said, Rabbi Need Henkin is very much she's she's built this whole thing based on based on the on on. Consensus and not arguing, but I think to the point where, like, you've heard no response from the Yotzot, no official response from Nishmat about this article and about criticism of it. And I think, like, even now we're talking. I'm learning things in this conversation about the process of the Yotzot that I didn't really know. And uh, do you agree with that, Rabbi um, um I would say silence and uh, is a, is the right policy. Or do you think that Nishmat and the Yohat should be more, more actively defensive of the great things they do in the community? So those are two questions. I'll ask Johnny first, and then we'll go to Molly to, uh, to wrap up.
2: Okay, I, I'm not here in a position to comment on whether people have been silent or not. I, I presume there's been conversations. Nevertheless, as mentioned, when this program began, nobody said everybody must do this. And even in a book published by Nishmat about Yotzot Tzot quite clearly, they acknowledge that different religious leaders have slightly different tempered views about the role uh, and a possible um, trajectory of yotzot in the community. They're not trying to say everybody do it our way. They're saying this is a way and we hope that there are women who aren't keeping certain areas of Tarat Mishpacha who can. And if that's what we achieve more than Dayeno, it's not just the Dayenah. So that's point number one. The more significant question is, why is this article being penned? So let's just give, and I'm going to speak very, very briefly, because I know we've gone on. This is an article written in Dialogue magazine. I've got a number of back issues. What Dialogue magazine has become is a a quasi-academic presentation in response to, uh, shall we say, from the uh, Haredi community uh, in response to certain trends in the liberal orthodox and modern Orthodox community, as well as addressing other areas of silence and technology. Some articles are very interesting and, uh, and, and I've appreciated them, but some are somewhat more polemical, and perhaps this um, uh, falls in between as being both polemical but also trying to make a statement. Religious leaders, and, and ultimately, Ralph Feldman, it doesn't matter whether you regard him as your religious leader, but a religious leader has a duty to be aware of and respond to trends in the world that affect the people they lead. This is a trend in the world affecting the people he is leading, and he feels it's an unhealthy trend. What we've done over the last hour is say that some of the things he said is not based on the experience and training and and the guidance uh, of the actual Mb'atzot not reflective really of the system. Um, Nevertheless, I think if a person wants to make an informed argument and say, this isn't what I think is quite the right way to to go you know that's reasonable it's called good conversations um and and i think that's how we enrich the jewish world but nevertheless what dialogue is doing broadly and Ralph feldman here is making an ideological statement saying this may exist elsewhere but we are we i i I strongly suspect the motivations of those involved i strongly question the qualifications of those involved and this shouldn't creep in our backyard. And I'm paskening that this isn't right for the people that I lead. And that's him doing his job. And I uh, say, my, my major critique isn't that he shouldn't offer his own opinion, that he's right. It's that his opinion isn't quite reflective of my understanding. And I've tried to do a bit of research in this area of what, what Yossot ha- ha- halakha do and the systems they adopt and the training that they have and uh, and therefore when you make broad generalizations and simply say that a support of your has an agenda that i disagree with i think that's unfortunately less of a compelling argument than necessarily could have been made by somebody who is less comfortable with the whole overall project
0: okay Molly, i want to i want to ask you to, to refer to the the last question you can decide whether you want to answer my first my second question but i'm more i'm wondering like it, it, it is this uh, did Brad Feldman write the article because he feels that you know it's, his opinion should be out there or is there something more that prompted him in your position I don't know but it's hard to know to, to, to write an attack of Halacha, like living in the Rosh Shiva in Baltimore
1: right Go ahead. so so from a slightly different perspective than Johnny but I agree with I agree I think Johnny is right that they're were so're never attempting to serve any community outside of the community that would be comfortable with with who they are um, but I, I'm wondering, and again, this is, it's just interesting. I'm seeing an uptick in Haredi, um, like, passionate obje- objection to the U.S.O., not just this article, but in other places. And I'm wondering what that's a sign of. And I am putting a question mark on the question of perhaps it's because um, it's making certain inroads into the Haredi world, right? Mm-hmm. If um, uh, so- somehow Haredi women have... have you know, to discover the U.S.O., discover the hotline. And Dafka. you know, again, because the are so good, right, The, the, the it's it, and, and, you know, that creates its own ripples within the Haredi world, a, a bunch of ripples. So some are interesting, you know, a bunch of interesting ripples, one of which I think may be the need to respond that Johnny is pointing to. Um, now, in terms of your last point of, like, um, you know why aren't the so responding more? Or should they be responding more? I, I think Rabbanit Henkin's general gishat, her general approach, is she does she's not interested in doing that. She's interested in letting her actions prove themselves. Right? That's that's part of her whole approach. Is you know rather than making grand proclamations, she just wants to do the work, do it well, and let the work prove itself. Um, it bring, puts in mind to me of like, you know, the royal family has this uh, motto, never complain, never explain, right? Like, you're going to be, there's for 25 years, mud thrown at the royal family about this issue and that issue. And the queen's policy is, we don't, we just, we, we don't let us say, it's kind of like we were saying at the beginning when you were like, even just like, like I'm not sure, the, I'm not sure
0: the, an analogy to the to the royal family second, in England is where <laughs> you want to go.
1: No, <laughs> I, exactly. Well, I'll get to, why, why am I using that analogy? One second. Okay. But like, you know, like, like even, even just starting our conversation, no, they really aren't feminists, right? But so at some point when you actually engage, you, you give more credence. And, and the approach, which, which is, again, what makes you do our family, the approach has always been like, let's just do our thing and do it well and and stay above the fray. And that's going to be our most powerful argument. Now, when, when does that approach become less effective? It becomes less effective when you're faced with attacks Like, like, like the one from Rabbi Feldman, which again, not necessarily to, to, to critique him because like, you know, Johnny's right. He, he feels that it's his place to defend his community, but I do think the nature of the attacks are, as Johnny said, you know, Johnny used words like broad generalizations, there are better ways to attack, right? The attacks that 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 are being right, the
2: critiques, right, the, the, the,
1: the, the critiques are not a hundred percent, um, you, you, there are better I, I, I don't know okay I, maybe I'll just won't, I'll leave it there I'll just say that like um, the types of critiques that are being thrown at the Yowat know, in that article are, are 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 I can understand why Ruby you would say like you know fight back right I, I don't even mean fight like, back
0: but but clarify, clarify right you know, but again, promote the work that you do I mean, correct. Again, we do good work not even defend yourself right. so, but, you
1: know right Right. So what I'm saying is.
0: The people, and to be honest with you, if Haredi women are finding it, they need to find it and they need to right. hear a response. Right. So because. because, they, because I, right. So, what know, I'm trying to say. if that's is, what they need, that's what they need.
1: Right. So, what I'm trying to say is, I think the Sot always assumed, like, we'll just do our thing. And, like, when there's localized critique, you know, we'll have personal conversations with Ruff X and Ruf Y about his concern. Um, and, and that's going to be our approach, you know. And, and, and I think it is more difficult for them when, when like, something very public like this comes out. And you know, with this, again, these very very broad, stigmatizing, general critiques, it does put them in a bind because it, it kind of flies in the face of their approach, which is this approach of like, you know, what we do good work, we do have these conversations, but we have these conversations in in much more, you know, off the radar, localized, inyani, serious conversations. Um, and, and I understand them, and I respect their approach, and I think that 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 that, that this type of a a circumstance puts them in a bind, but I still do believe that at the end of the day, let the Yotzot just let them do their thing. They're doing it well. They're smart. They're thoughtful. So at the end of the day, that's how you that's how you succeed. So like I'm not so worried about it. At the end of the
0: day. I think if my greatest criticism of them is that they should be more active in promoting their work. I think that they're doing a good job. I think that we can all agree. All right, we're going to leave it on here. We've already gone. Uh, we've gone quite a bit. Uh, if you have comments, obviously, or questions for either, either of us, please send us an email. Uh, it's best not over Facebook Messenger because then I, it's very difficult to share, especially if are audio messages. We're very happy to respond and try to share them with one another or via WhatsApp so we can share the messages with one another. We, we very much appreciate it. Uh, my name is Elaine Spoker. I want to thank Reverend Solomon and for a fascinating discussion. And also my friend Spoker for our music.